sometimes it's hard to be a woman. Period! 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 And welcome listeners to another COVID pandemic panorama panda bear edition. You know, all the pan, all the pan, pan options that we have. <laughs> edition of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania. That's right. Heard here every Wednesday at 11 a.m. on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. Indeed it is. Ah, hello. Part two. Yes. Part two of the Women's History Month Lady-Led RVA Council edition of Municipal Mania. How exciting. Yes, because we've got a lot of ladies on council. I know. Super majority? What is that? What is girls that? Girls the world. That's know. right. Amazing. Amazing. So yeah, it's Women's History Month. So of course, what a perfect opportunity to talk to um, some of these ladies out here that we admire doing all the work that they're doing. And we will just go ahead and let them introduce themselves. And I'll start with Stephanie Lynch. We'll go in district order. Hey, I'm Stephanie Lynch, proudly representing the 5th District for the City of Richmond. Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, I am um, a social worker by background, got my start in direct practice, went back, uh, got my master's in social work administration and policy practice, decided that um, instead of trying to save one baby at a time out of the river, I want to build a bridge and save them all. So I got involved in policy practice and um, decided to devote my career to creating systemic change and uh, through policy uh, and legislation. So I went and worked, did a stint at Virginia Department of Social Services, Worked in child welfare for a little bit, then worked out at the governor's office, got involved in healthcare, helping to implement the Affordable Care Act, and then um, went and worked in the General Assembly as the lobbyist and representative um, for uh, Medicaid, worked on Medicaid expansion and getting addiction recovery treatment services and a whole host of other kind of expansion efforts to make healthcare and mental health more affordable and accessible. And now I work for one of our largest behavioral health providers um, and disability providers in Virginia. And so being an advocate for um, all of those that don't necessarily have a voice at the table um, and a seat to sit down on, it's, it's, I feel it is my job to listen and to scoot and pull a chair up for them um, and to, to fight for those issues that um, impact our most vulnerable communities. So as a council person, I take that um, mission really seriously to heart. And I know my other colleagues do too. That's why we kick butt and get some, you know, get some pretty wonderful stuff done. Cause I think we all align um, really closely and where our passions are. So that's one of the things I love about our female dominated council group that we have um, this year, but um, love representing the fifth district. It's a beautiful um, and diverse and dynamic um, group and very compassionate group of constituents that allow, um, I think, allow me to um, pursue a lot of social justice issues and, and take um, a pretty um, bold stance on things. And uh, it's through them that I can be a channel for their voices. So it's a really humbling and um, just amazing experience to be able to represent the fifth. Thank you. Ellen? Good evening, ladies. How are you? Everybody feeling well? 
Yeah, welcome. Family's doing well. <laughs> For the but, most part, it's it's crazy pants, I'm, but we're okay. living. <laughs> I'm Ellen Robertson. I represent the sixth district on city council. I've been on city council for 17 years this past November. It has been a wonderful, exciting journey. It's a journey that is ongoing. There are always new challenges, new opportunities that present themselves. Uh, over the last 17 years and 16, 17 years before coming on council, I have worked very aggressively in the community level, working on uh, restoring communities to be decent places for families to live, raise their families. And I've lived in the city of Richmond uh, for too many years to say I will be turning 70 years old on the 28th of this month. Are we birthday uh, twins? Hmm? We're birthday twins. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm 42 on the 28th this year. So right. happy wow. early right. birthday. Yeah. Awesome. So happy birthday to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, I've served on city council since 2003. I did a lot of housing development work before I came on city council. Worked in my community that I still live, Hallam Park. Started a nonprofit organization. Uh, we assisted 300 families to become first-time home buyers by actually going to HUD and getting HUD to allow us to use federal funds for down payment assistance and closing costs. Assisted another roughly 1,000 people that were current homeowners to fix their porches, put new roofs on the homes, make essential repairs. I also have worked for uh, Home, a fair housing agency. I learned about what discrimination really was is by actually being a tester and going out and realized that I was actually discriminated against. Uh, the white tester that went out and told the same story with the same income that I did came back with a totally different story. And it was such a, it was such an eye-opening for me to experience discrimination. Um, I also experienced discrimination once before. I used to be the nurse for what used to be FFE. I did nursing before I went into housing development and then ultimately to city council. And one day I had some of the uh, workers at the plant uh, to tell me as a nurse that we needed um, we needed to do more training on the floors for CPR because people were getting injured and people were having heart attacks and so forth, but there was no one with first aid experience or knew how to do CPR. And so I went to my boss and I said, you know, let's set up a training class. Uh, for CPR. And uh, he said, we can't do that. And I said, why? Uh, now I'm talking, you know, 65, 67, something like that, maybe, maybe a little bit later. Um, and um, he said, nobody is going to want to do CPR. No white person wants a black person giving them CPR. Okay. And we can't risk the chance that that would happen. And I'm, I said to him, I was, I was so taken by that. You know, I said, if you're dying, who cares? You know? Um, and he said, Ellen, forget it. It'll never happen. And um, one other incident I experienced when I was a student at VCU working on my degree in urban studies and planning, um, that I came face to face with discrimination again. And 
not only discrimination, but racism. And so one of the things that I realized in my career of serving that the illness of discrimination and racism is a really powerful illness. And it's killing a lot of us in so many ways. Uh, it kills us from an economic perspective. It robs us of decent uh, health. It robs us of opportunities to be all that we can be. And, and we need to, and it, so I fight real hard all the time to help us to realize that we have enough resources. We do. We have enough resources. This is a rich country that there's no reason for those, for no one to do without, except that there are some of us that honestly don't think that there's enough resources for everybody to have and live a decent quality life. And so my work uh, from the time that I have been in the business, from the time that I stood at the bedside in, in cardiac intensive care units and neurosurgery intensive care units where I fought for every student, every, every patient to be given the same quality of care, um, that black patients weren't uh, assigned to black nurses only. And that black nurse had, you know, um, 10 patients to someone else wanted to. Um, I have stood uh, in the, on the front line, not just because it's wrong and not just because I'm an African-American woman and not just because African-Americans have suffered greater and there are others as well. You know, I think of the native Indians there and what we have done to that people and we still do to that people. Not just because of those people, but because of the injustice and the racism that we deal with on a daily basis, how it robs us as a society of the beauty and the benefits of how we are wonderfully made and what we have to give and share and how we are constantly depriving ourselves of it. And so my goal is to get self out of the way, all of us to get self out of the way and to be able to think bigger than self and to continue to do the great work that is currently being done on city council. You know, I am grateful that we have, we've got a great council right now. We really do have a great council. We've got people that talk to each other. We've got people that don't have an issue with saying, you know, that's a great idea, but you're not being inclusive of all the council members when you have this discussion. It's not about me being the queen bee of something. Uh, it's about the city of Richmond and collectively how we share our talents, how we put all of our talents on the table, and we consider all of our talents as one talent combined together for the good of Richmond, and this is a great council. And, um, and I am very excited and pleased by the opportunity that we are going to demonstrate to Richmond in such a huge way what collaboration is all about. And they will also see that we have faith in each other, we trust each other, we're willing to work hard together, and we're willing and we will make sure that every one of us play a major role and a major part in everything that we do moving forward. So stuff is gonna heat up, y'all get ready. It's gonna be an exciting year, a very exciting year. 
And I thank you for this opportunity. We are looking forward to it. We really are. As usual, up next, last but certainly not least, an introduction. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Francesca, Melissa, thank you so much for inviting us. And certainly to my colleagues, I have to echo Ellen's last comment about this being an extraordinary councilmatic body, majority women um, whose voices will be brought to bear to really improve outcomes for Richmonders across a variety of domains that are critical to the health and well-being of our city. So my name is Cynthia Newbill. I probably didn't say that yet. And I am honored to represent the seventh district East End community. Uh, I come to my position on city council uh, as a public servant, servant leader. That is born out of my lived and life experience growing up in this community. I grew up in one in our uh, East End community and uh, one, one of what we refer to as the big six, uh, Wickham Court Public Housing Community. I attended Richmond Public Schools. Uh, my elementary school is no longer standing. Uh, my middle school uh, was uh, referred to as Mosby, now MLK. And my old high school is no longer there, but it's made way for housing uh, in the East End, which is really exciting. I uh, had the opportunity to uh, go away and come back home, uh, go away to school, come back home, et cetera. And my uh, work experience has involved uh, working in local, regional, and national nonprofits, working with local government, uh, working uh, with academia, all of which all of those experiences allowed me to really fully, uh, my lived experience as well as those work and academic experiences to really fully understand the magnitude and scope of the challenges, historical, generational and current before uh, residents of our city. And uh, I must say bringing, because of that understanding, really probably exasperating the sense of urgency that I felt and feel to really work collaboratively and collectively to improve outcomes for all Richmonders, but certainly especially those who are most vulnerable and disproportionately impacted. And so I'm equally as excited as uh, Councilwoman uh, Robertson and uh, Councilwoman Lynch uh, to uh, lean in um, and work collaboratively and collectively for the greater good. Um, I came to council not seeking political office at all, but seeking to get to that front end. You know, so we, you know, there is the scenario that's referenced, you know, you're pulling the babies out of the river, then someone goes midstream to get some help. My thing was, can we go upstream to determine why we have so many in the river to start with and then work to look at the systemic policy priorities and funding allocations that would change that scenario. And so I um, am absolutely committed to that work and that effort with my two colleagues here and the other uh, who are not here, who you've had an opportunity to talk uh, to. It is um, now is the time and we are the ones we've been waiting for. I love that sentiment. <laughs> Great way to end that, yeah. Thank you. And we definitely are looking forward to it, right, Fran? Yes, yes, we need the change. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> and we're the change that we're seeking. Uh, this collaborative effort um, on the part of this body, there is not 
one woman on our council body who's not absolutely and unequivocally committed to improving outcomes uh, for Richmonders, certainly starting, uh, well, I'm, so I'm excited about uh, where we are. I also have a sense of urgency, but I am just so uh, thrilled to have colleagues who are equally as committed to working collaboratively and collectively to address the challenges before us. I'll stop there because I'm we'll probably just run on. <laughs> Well, I mean, all three of you ladies, really your backgrounds, uh, your lived experience really feeds into, you know, the papers you put forward, the legislation you push. And it really is something that is tangible. You can see it and, and feel it and you know it and that you're committed to it. And so kudos, congratulations and happy yeah. Women's History Month. Thank you. <laughs> Same to the two of you. Let me say that. Uh, you, you all are phenomenal young women who have um, bought voice and given voice. And so uh, that's not to be underestimated or um, ignored from my perspective. And so I'm very appreciative of all, all that you have and will continue to do. Thank well, you thank so much. Thank you. We Absolutely. appreciate that. We appreciate we, that. I, we all agree. <laughs> yes, I think we do. Thank I remember you. the first time I had an interview with you guys, you know, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, I was nervous. I said, they're going to beat me up, you know, and it was just so pleasant. <laughs> and so, you know, I really remember, I was like, wait a minute, what am I getting myself into? Um, yeah, it's so, perfect. It's a different persona for us on Twitter <laughs> we're like right in the thick of council meetings and we're like what the heck are y'all doing <laughs> but here uh, you know it's a chance for us to get to know each other and relax and you know and we yeah. have we have spoken with each other multiple times now yes. so you know there's a feeling of comfort and um we appreciate that you uh feel comfortable speaking with us as well it really especially you know uh women and and you know feminine identifying folks it's important for us to band together and show our power i think fran what do you think yeah i i i like that um that you said that because you know a lot of people and we were actually having that conversation right before we started recording with um with stephanie she said um i can't remember how we got started but i said yeah you know a lot of politicians for whatever reason they either they're afraid of us because they think we're gonna you know, we're gonna eat the babies or something. <laughs> you know? and Delicious. Like, How we maintain like mafia our style, style. <laughs> you know? Y'all are political mafia, and it's like, no, I promise. Like, if people do what they say they're gonna do, you know, oh, you know they don't get the drag. You know, they don't get the drag. <laughs> <laughs> the drag is a lot more fun, but you know, <laughs> if, you do, if, if people do what they're supposed to do, we don't. We just get to be friends, and we don't have to do the drag, right? <laughs> but but that that's it, you know. And and a part there's so much. It's it's painful that um that politics has to be that way, but you know the reason that we started doing this, and and that'll bring us right into our conversation. The reason that we started doing this was because we realized that there was a need for transparency and there was a need for voice, um, especially in this. And this was a space that was dominated by males. Mm -hmm. um, and when we started, Melissa will speak to this, we had so many voices, a lot of male voices that said, you know, those girls are stupid. 
Um, you guys don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. You didn't earn your access to tweet yes. about city council. Yes, you didn't wow. earn your access. And it was, and what was wild, it for for one, you didn't earn your access to tweet. And I like I wanted to like choke the person with my phone, first of all. But what tickled me was, you know, the, these are people that these are males, you know, in media that were saying these things, but you literally don't know me because I've been registering voters in the state of Virginia for several years and have been mm-hmm. in the streets, in the background of, of Richmond politics in Virginia, not just Richmond politics, but, and I think that's the part that a lot of Richmonders don't know, but, you know, I don't just do R- Richmond politics. I'm heavily involved in state legislator and Virginia politics mm-hmm. and have been doing Virginia politics and still heavily involved across uh, the Commonwealth within politics still. And you you would tell me that my I don't deserve the space that I occupy and, and I don't have the know-how or the skill to be in the circles that I'm in, like you, you clearly don't even know who I am. <laughs> you, you, you know, and, and it's like I don't, and I don't. You, I'm like Google me, baby. Like what's wrong? With you? Like, right? It you Google's know? free. And like and I'm not out here like trying to like really be out here like that, but like you don't even know who the hell you talking to, sir. <laughs> Like, oh my god what's funny is is that none of those males are still around really reporting on council at the level that we're doing they all they're not reporting on anything they've all pivoted all really pivoted to something else because it takes people don't really understand the longevity and the work it takes the hours and hours it takes and it's you know politics is not something it's a demon of its own because you know especially for women and it, it's something else a lot of things a lot a lot of people would not uh wake up and, and be um do the things that they do institutions would not be what they are businesses would not be where they are um a lot of y'all would not wake up um with the clean noses and the clean clothes that you have on <laughs> the, uh, where you are today without the women that are behind you doing the things that they're doing right absolutely and, and, you know That's to have true. folks tell people you know women can't walk and chew gum at the same time and so when I have somebody come to me and tell me that women in politics like this isn't where you fit like mm. oh, ha- have you not looked around like look at how far women have really pushed in politics and and not to discredit that but especially for in the democratic party for black women like that that just kills me to have people tell me like yo you don't you don't fit in this space like mm-hmm. the hell you been like <laughs> which story have which narrative have you been which which chapter of the book are you yeah. on because yeah. we're clearly in the wrong book and and it always tickles me because um it'll be those same people or or people from you know that same political tree that will end up coming back to me for for consult work and mm-hmm. it's like but i but i thought you didn't want <laughs> i know right of course <laughs> you know I thought, I thought you didn't you know i thought i didn't belong bro mm-hmm. you know i thought you didn't need me sir mm-hmm. um and so it's, it always tickles me but um it's something it's very interesting and so i mm-hmm. i revel in in the understanding that women i think when we get to the point where we understand just how powerful we really are mm-hmm. um, and how resilient um, we really mm-hmm. are, 
as as a a um as a gift to the other things that exist around us right and we know we know this but when they know it right and when they understand it we're we gonna move some stuff and and it's it's that that that's the the true beauty in it for me um is just how much i can accomplish um in a day in a month in a year when my my husband and i'm happy to have one that doesn't stand in my way um he doesn't um he doesn't stand in my way he does he kind of lets me um do all of the crazy things that i tell him are gonna happen he just he's like like, he's learned at this point like it's not even worse um it's not even not have have uh partners like that i swear because like this group of women right here nobody is going to be telling them yeah he's 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 like it's not it's not worth it yeah yeah pretty much yeah, it ain't it ain't worth it. Go 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 ahead and do it. What when 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 when, when did I show up? <laughs> when should oh I show God. up? <laughs> oh my gosh. And, yeah. And, yeah. and it's so important. And I think in politics it's very interesting because it's a it's such a male dominated um sphere and most of the things that I do, uh, I, I'm trying to just think, uh, except for the floral, the floral business, which I love. That's my my gift of love. But all the other businesses that I've, I've and I'm still industries that I'm still involved in are, are still male dominated. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. very interesting. Like it's um, hmm, I don't know. It's it, it we we have to be very, mm-hmm. very motivated to make this thing work. And I love that we um we're just resilient in such a way. We just don't take no for an answer. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I yeah. absolutely agree. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, the obstacles that we run up sure. on, um, when you said, I'm going to enter politics, mm-hmm. you were like, okay, this is it. I'm running for city council. Were you daunted? Did you run up against any brick walls, things that kind of shook you, thought they were going to knock you down? Anybody so, jump yeah, in? So for me, go on, I'll for me, it wasn't an issue of uh, really uh, looking to get into politics as much as into, uh, again, uh, a position that would allow me to have greater impact. So this is about service and servant leadership. Now, learning the politic of it to be a good advocate for my community and for my city becomes critical. But I mean, I came to it with that from that perspective. And I remain uh, absolutely and unequivocally committed to that. That, That's where I am. That's why I'm here. Um, Some of what you talked about, Francesca, uh, I've certainly met in my first run for council. There were five other people in me. And so um, a lot of what I heard wasn't dissimilar from what I heard growing up in Wickham Court you know, being underestimated, dismissed, not going to go into all those kind of things, but being absolutely clear and undaunted in my uh, desire and commitment to serve in a community that I love, in a city that I love, allowed me to go forward um, without, uh, without reservation or hesitation. I mean, I many of the same experiences. I, I can't, uh, too many to even um, just tell. I mean, so from the run and what people said uh, from, I mean, well, from my lived experience. So I already had a sense of, you know, where and what and being dismissed and being 
uh, taken for granted. So that, you know, I was prepped from growing up, but uh, certainly met even more of that on the trail uh, as I uh, looked to, uh, at, at that time, uh, now Delegate McQuinn was the uh, person who was representing our district. And as she moved over, that presented the opportunity to be able to serve in this capacity. So, um, yeah, I, I not sure I may have veered off course in terms of uh, the discussion, but um, have definitely had um, any number of experiences from when I ran and comments and feedback from persons to once being in the office and uh, having and uh, interacting with folks who will often uh, uh, underestimate, almost love being underestimated because then, you know, folks are a little shocked and taking them like, okay. That's the best. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I, I, some of the times I remember being asked to speak at uh, an event and afterwards the person thought they were really complimenting me when they said, you speak so well. And I'm like, you know, in comparison, you to know, fortune, I don't have, you know, profanity in my um, arsenal, um, really, but I did acquire a couple of words that were, that are in the Bible that, you know, when I string those two together, they can sound a little impressive, but I didn't even use those. I, I was, I was cool. I was cool. I'm like, I got your dose. I got them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But um, I mean, it is just incredible. I mean, and I don't mean like 10, 15 years ago, you know, um, and people think they're complimenting and still yet to be underestimated in a room full of folks who um, I'm still having to, you know, be clear about voice and represent, you know, in the context of discussion as if, you know, oh, like, excuse me, let's have, and, you know, let's all be a part of. So um, I think I veered off a little bit, Melissa. No, uh, no. This, All right, I'll, I'll put a pen the there and let my colleagues get in here. This is a where the conversation takes you sort of show, you know. Okay, we're, okay. We're talking about your lived experience and my, you know, from you know, go just going. Uh, so af, as a black woman in America, just going shopping. Now you want to see uh, get a lot of uh, assistance at the door. Almost, it's like, well, wait, I didn't even get in here yet to go to a section. That, right. So uh, in a number of experiences that uh, from, again, from growing up in my community to just um, different places that I've had the opportunity to work and to attend school, um, have gotten to, Francesca, what you mentioned that we are resilient. And I'm saying in spite of, I stand on the shoulders of great women in this country, first in my community, in my city and in my country. And I will not give up, I will not give in, and we're not giving out because I came to this for a different reason uh, than, you know, I wasn't seeking higher office of this particular reason to serve this community, this city. And uh, I take that seriously and um, undaunted, leaning in. And the good news, I have colleagues with whom uh, now that, uh, you know, like I said, that are similarly committed. So I, I, I'm going to be quiet so my colleagues can weigh in before people have to jump off. <laughs> Who's next? Stephanie, I'm going to yield to you, sister, and I'll pick it up. 
Um, yeah, I like Cynthia had no, well, you all remember cause it was only like two short years ago. So you, you remember my race, but, um, I had absolutely, I mean, if somebody would have said to me, you know, five years ago, even, yeah, you're going to be on city council. I would have said, <laughs> right. Um, uh-huh. and yeah. I really, you know, to be honest, I'm very, I, I really didn't think of it as a political position mm-hmm. because I'm like, it's local. It's so community oriented. It's local, um, exactly. it's local office where you're making policy changes. Like you don't realize how much it's actually more political. And I think more, in some cases there's more, um, fodder than in the general assembly, which is what I was kind of, um, used to, or making policy change at the general assembly level. And I mean, I got into this because being a macro social worker, being one to want to build a bridge and Cynthia said, you know, figure out, figure out the pieces of how to fix some of the system. I wanted Mm -hmm. nothing more than to try and bring that impact to the city of Richmond and any, any time, treasure, energy, emotion I could dedicate to helping um, fix some of the issues that I had seen um, working with, directly with our population that we're still seeing, you know, that I'm still experiencing that all of us are still mm-hmm. hearing every day. I mean, that's the rewarding stuff, but um, politics and personalities are everywhere. And um, when you are trying to make change, that's often the, um, that's often what gets in the way of, of, of doing stuff and, um, and getting stuff done. And, um, what's been really hard for me as a woman is, um, and I'm the first woman in the seat to be in the fifth district. Um, I think that, and I, I, I bet, I, I bet my colleagues, um, on the, online here would, would, um, share in this experience. I think that I could probably have the most brilliant idea or have a solution already on the table tied up in a bow, but because it's coming from this package, it ain't going to get heard. And that's kind of what frustrates me so often is, you know, kind of like, <laughs> kind of like, Hey, you feel like Willy Wonka blowing the flute as Baruch falls into the chocolate river, like don't go into the chocolate river. Um, and, uh, and no one listens to you. And then you have to call the Oompa out and play clean up on aisle eight. And um, that's kind of what being a woman in politics or policymaking feels like sometimes. Yeah. Cause sometimes you're just not heard. Um, and so that probably for me would be one of the more frustrating things. And, um, and then the other, you know, piece about, I think, I would, I would venture to say, actually, I'll, I'll call on our recent example is um, there's something that happened recently with one of, uh, with, with Cynthia. And I, I called her and I said, I, I just had this moment where I was like, if Cynthia was a man, that wouldn't have even been a thing. Like no one would even be commenting on this. Um, and I remember calling Cynthia and saying, this is BS. And I support you. <laughs> and like, if you are a man, you wouldn't be having to go through this. And she was like, yeah, no kidding. And Cynthia's for real. She does not curse ever. And I talk like a sailor. So oftentimes I'll be person on the phone with her. And I know that she wants to say no bleep and, um, and probably pepper in a bunch of curse words, but she never does. But that day in particular, she almost cursed. So, so, um, <laughs> one of the ones from the Bible. <laughs> they had made they had, they had made they had made president mad. Uh oh. Uh oh. 
<laughs> it was. Um, so um, oftentimes, and in that particular situation, it was, um, you know, I'll, I'll encapsulate it in the theme of people being very um, demand demanding of you and expecting you to be all things at once to all people and satisfy, especially men. Um, like if they don't get a meeting from you or if they don't get a response from you right away or if they don't hear what they want to hear from you, mm-hmm. they are um, uh, react kind of violently and um in that particular instance with my colleague here like i saw very clearly what was going on and um it happens to all of us it happened to me this week where as a woman i think we're just um the expectations and the level of appeasement that we're expected to live up to is much 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 higher um than our male colleagues um and our male colleagues have the freedom in the room to live outside of the box and not be held within an archetype. Mm-hmm. And all of us that um, are living in the patriarchy are confined and oppressed by the caricatures, the character archetypes that have been placed upon us by oh, years. The I'm every woman syndrome, like <laughs> the I'm every woman. And you can't get right. And you can't get mad at anything, and everything must be handled with grace at all times. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, like you, you name it. Like there's, you know, years worth of um, that type of imprint um, and schema that's been reinforced over and over again through media, through culture, through socialization that um, one way or the other is imprinted upon us and causes us to um to have to live in these boxes and if we step outside of that as women as people of color as anyone that's not a white hegemonic male able-bodied um you're um there's like a cognitive dissonance reaction that happens with people and they get upset at you and you know you become a witch and you can get burned at the stake and stuff <laughs> so, how dare you what happened um, woman. So, so, you know, female genocide, super real thing happened for about 200, years, but um, still going on in some ways. But um, in any case, you know, that's that's the um, the thing that's the phenomena that I see as um, a stark contrast between my male colleagues and um, my female colleagues on council. And the other thing that I think that we are all really good about and I, I try to be re- you know, I try my best. And if I'm not Ellen and Cynthia, please put, they can put me in my place. I, I always, um, I want them to, and I need them to. But the um, other thing is, is the generational differences that we have on council as women. And there is nothing that, you know, with, with Ellen, when I hear people, you know, say like, if there's a, if there is an affordable housing issue, I mean, I try publicly, you know, I think we have to give reverence to and respect to the people that have been working and doing the work in the field for as long as they have. And, you know, if, if, people, yeah. if people, if people forget to acknowledge that, like, I'll try to bring that up. And I think other, our, our mm-hmm. other colleagues are really good about that is just giving shine where shine is due. And um, if, if, cause if we don't lift each other up, I can tell you, <laughs> what else will <laughs> so 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 ladies um you know um i started this conversation off talking about discrimination and racism 
Uh, and so I can say uh, sexism as well. Um, and I also started this conversation off by saying, <clears throat> when people are not sure of themselves and lack confidence in themselves as to who they are, um, they tend to look for ways to build their confidence by putting someone else down. Um, and if they are intimidated by you, uh, then they, they either be intimidated or they try to find a way to intimidate you or to shut you down. And, you know, I've had that done to me by women as well as men, to be honest with you. Um, I, I can recall some really horrible situations in jobs and environments that I've worked in that, um, that, that folk just seem to think that a woman, what is a woman's duty and place? Uh, and where do you get out of that place, right? And um, I remember very well my very first year, but before I ran for election, you know, I must admit, guys, uh, African-American men, for the most part, there's one exception or two, <laughs> and probably more, but the African-American men that were uh, in leadership position in the city of Richmond when I ran for city council for the first time in 2003, those men were the men whose shoulders I stood on. Women as well, you know. Um, McQuinn was around. There were other women that we know that were on council at the time were around, and they were all there. And they were not only there for me to stand on their shoulders. They put me on their shoulders, okay? They carried me places, right? And uh, they carried me places that I didn't even know where I was going or what I was supposed to be doing. But I knew that if they were there in the room and someone asked me something or someone said something to me, they spoke up. You know, if another man uh, was dishonorable and disrespectful for me, I've had African-American brothers that stand up straight up and tell them straight in the face, you're going to apologize to her. That's not the way we treat our women. And I'm proud of those African-American men and white men that have done the same thing. Uh, I'm proud of them. And I'm proud of, you know, like you said, uh, friend, that what's your husband? He lets you do your thing. My husband lets me do my thing. You know, he steps in. He provides services. He knows what I need. He does it. Don't ask any questions about it. He'll work long, long hours to support that, to make that happen. But when it's time for Ellen to be doing her thing and he knows that I've got it, he don't mess with it at all. And, uh, and it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. But that is uh, confidence and knowing who you are, what you stand for in yourself, in yourself, okay? Um, I remember one of my first experiences on city council, I had to tell one of the male, white males on the city council when he basically wanted to put me in my place. I told him straight up, I said, listen, let me tell you something, dude. I put my pants on in the morning the same way you do. <laughs> I said, and you know what? You want to mess with me? I'll go to the street and I'll get enough petitions to have your hind parts taken off of council. You know? That was the end of that. Yes, no <laughs> yes, <I'm part. laughs> you know, and um, so, you know, I think that's one thing that we are. Women are bold. We're brave. We can take courageous. And when we see our sisters that aren't, 
we need to be the shoulders that we let them stand on and let them know that, you know, whether you bowl or not right now, go on and be bold, sister, because I got you. I got you, you know, because um, we do need to be strong. And there's a lot of women's rights that we have been denied. There's no reason why we should be paid less than someone else in the same position. There's no reason why we shouldn't have rights as it relates to the things that are for our good health and for our good needs and so forth that we can stand up and have equal rights for. Uh, and we have to do that, ladies. We have to do that because sometimes, sometimes we know in our own bodies and the things that we experience and others experience and little girls experience, little girls experience and little boys that are taken advantage of because they're little children, okay? We know how those things feel. You know, we know. And so it's, it takes us, it, we have to be represented. When we see slates of people that serve on boards, I, you know, when I look at the boards of the city of Richmond and I look at how many women are on the board, how many men are on the board, we often ask, is our district represented? That's important. But it's also important that there are the females, there are the different ethnic minorities that are represented there and that we hear those voices, that those voices have to be heard. And if you're in a room, just like you're in this room, if you're in a room and women don't get that opportunity to speak up, you need to say, hey, I got something to say, but I want to make sure that Mary gets a chance to speak first and I'm going to follow her. You know, we've got to do those things. And boards, the important boards that exist and make great, great decisions. We have to form those party alignment, not party alignments, but representations. And if necessary, create a new party if it needs to be done so that the representation is there. And so that's what we're here for. We're here to fight this battle. And uh, we've got everything that we need to make that happen. And um, this kind of conversation is part of the process of us getting even stronger and having greater representation. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I concur. These conversations have to happen. <laughs> I, I, um, again, I, I really want to just thank you all because uh, too often um, there is not the recognition of women, women in service. Um, and I mean, from community leaders like Ms. Annie Giles, who I had the honor and pleasure to work with, who said to me, oh, hey, don't care what you know till I know that you care. And that's to everybody going out. Mm -hmm. um, to um, elected officials, some of whom Ellen has mentioned, whether it's um, Willie Dell or Dolores yeah. McQuinn, or yeah. I mean, there are a host of women whose shoulders we stand on. And I, I, I would be, I, I must, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention Irma Newbill, who um, taught me before at growing up as a little kid in Whitcomb Court, before there were words like collaborative partnership and collective impact and anchor institutions, through her behavior and practice in the community I came to understand what it meant and how we could work collectively and collaboratively. This wasn't something I guessed about. This was something I saw in action. And uh, she, I'll give you one example. Um, 
you know, there was obviously full agreement among uh, the folks who lived in, on our row that they wanted their children healthy, well-fed, and ready to learn when they went to school. They didn't have unlimited resources, but they would pool their resources. My mom had jam, one had bread, the other had powdered milk. Kids were gonna have a meal. One had cereal, one had milk, gonna have a meal. And I don't know where all those tacit agreements were. They weren't all codified, but they were absolutely agreed to. Um, and she clearly was the anchor institution. Cause I mean, she, you know, I told someone once when she left out the house with the last jar said, if we had a phone, I would have called somebody to report. But what she knew and what they had absolute agreement about and clarity about is how they could work collectively and collaboratively for the greater good. And so herself, I mean, and so many others, um, we we stand on the shoulders of greatness. I mean, I, we could list them. And I just want to, uh, again, thank you all, uh, both of you for your um, acknowledgement of council, but for the even greater acknowledgement of women in this city, in this commonwealth, in this world who are extraordinary and have commit, you know, really uh, made this world the better place that it is. Mm -hmm. When you um, talked, uh, Cynthia, about, you know, uh, Wickham Court, I remember the first year that I ran for city council, maybe after I was elected, and uh, we had neighborhood watch night. Uh -huh. Everybody would come yes. off that. And um, I was over there with Annie Giles and Ms. Uh -huh. Thompson. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and I'm telling you, you're right. And this still happens. I mean, the children walk in the door. Everybody knew everybody oh, by please. name, knew every child's name. And if they needed a cup of sugar, they would give a child a cup and say, go over to Miss So-and-So house and get a cup of sugar. And they would come back with a cup of sugar. Everybody was cooking. Everybody put together there. Uh, and I mean, there was the best food and the best spirit of community that I experience, and I mean, I would just, I would I would go around to all of the places, but I would make sure, and that's where I would probably end up spending exactly. almost the entire evening, and it, was, and it was all about that community spirit. And when you look at the leadership, when you look at the leadership right today of the Richmond Redevelopment Housing Authority, the Tenant Association, women. Women mm -hmm. are leaders in this world. Women, regardless where they come from, and I'm glad you're mentioning your mother. I'll speak of my mother. My mother, absolutely amazing. Uh, she has, she is so wise. And I learn something from her every time I'm in her presence. Uh, the, the, just the wisdom that she has is just phenomenal. And, um, and, and, and so I think that, you know, the world knows, we know, we are essential. We are essential. Mm -hmm. uh, and the so sisterhood that we celebrate is something that we need to con con continue to build upon. And that's exactly. what you guys are doing for us in this, in having Absolutely. us on this, um, to, to, to celebrate and to build even stronger bonds of relationship for the good that we do to make this world a better place to live in. And um, 
You know, I've I've known Cynthia before. Uh, she came on city council. I, I did not know my sister, um, Stephanie, um, but Stephanie is a real troop. She's a she's a hard worker. She's a yes. She she's bold. She uh, is. She bold. <laughs> she bold. Okay. Uh, she goes for it. We're probably all a little guilty of she that, but you know, yes. But she's <laughs> but one thing that I love about her, and like she said, when people are talking about affordable, and I know it, you know, I get a lot of, but you know, I don't affordable housing is one of my, you know, I've carried that, I've carried that uh, banner uh, willingly. I inherit the banner, and I will continue to carry it. But it's not my banner to carry alone. Mm-hmm. And when when others, you know, one time I can remember we, we would say affordable housing on city council. The reason why I get the banner carrier because it was Ellen all by herself. <laughs> now everybody on the city council is saying affordable housing, and that's what we got to realize yeah. is that what we are given as a gift to carry. When it gets to a place that everybody else is lifting up that banner, we need to celebrate that and we need to encourage everybody to carry that banner. We don't need to be concerned that I will lose my banner. I want to be and appreciate being acknowledged for the work that I'm doing and continue to do. Absolutely. But when others carry that banner as well, that's when you know that what is to be done will be done because the will to do so spread exactly across the banner across the entire council across the administration across the city of richmond we still got some places that we got to get through there's still some gates that are still locked okay but if you got enough people carrying the banner right you got more of a better opportunity to get through those doors that still need to be open and we will get there exactly i couldn't have said it any better i i you know, uh, and Stephanie is on the bandwagon. The girlfriend, she's like, "Can I get some more of the banner? I want more of the banner. I want to." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, let's yeah. Press. Yeah. We're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Take it. Let's go. <laughs> and I think we all have components that be, you know, based on our areas of uh, not just interest, but really seeing the challenges and how we address that. We, we all have a piece of that. And uh, really uh, making that quilt mm-hmm. uh, allows us to begin to address across the entire city footprint, not some, but all uh, the challenges before us. And, and us putting those squares together um, allows us to get there and to lean in. So I'm, I'm going to stop. There's probably a whole lot more Um, And uh, yes. Do you want more of this conversation? Well, we have 20 minutes more coming up on our brand new YouTube channel. Check out Municipal Mania Uncut coming very soon. Just search RVA Dirt on YouTube. Ladies, this this conversation has been we've gone well over an hour, but it's fine. Oh, yeah. I, I love you. I love it. I I we uh, Melissa. I told Melissa go ahead and, and spin off. We I'd close out for us, but thank you all okay. so much for um, coming on today. We really appreciate all of the hard work 
um, that you guys put in on and off the clock because the clock never stops when you're it on never campus. Stops. And we no. know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we know that as an extension of, of, of following you guys and, and um, you ladies and, um, you know, reporting on it. I'm, I'm midway through my budget analysis of 700 mm. pages um, <laughs> myself <laughs> you know and um it's it's quite it's quite the it's quite the job and so um we are appreciative um and we know that constituents nearly don't share that enough and so it's important mm. to hear it um and to give you your flowers while you live so thank you so much thank you um, thank you for that you know and um to atone for that as well one of my favorite um, city uh, community activists, community leaders. She's no longer with us, but um, in the in the essence of that, Women's History Month, um, as Lily, uh, as uh, yeah, 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 to all of you, and thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we will have our closing now. Richmond, you know what time it is. Flint still has dirty water now, so does New Jersey, and Petersburg does too. So we might need to work on that because we don't need that coming down the pipe across the river. So we need to help our brothers and sisters in Petersburg figure out what that's about. Wow. Thank you. RPS was fully funded last year, and hopefully we'll work on this budget here and we will have. RPS fully funded this year to to infinity and beyond Buzz Lightyear style because we need it. The kids need to go back to school at some point, whether it's year round, six months, three months, five months, six months, whatever it is, they need to go back to school so the kids can get some educations and read and write and arithmetic. <laughs> they need that. So we need it. <laughs> so yeah, we need to get back to school and we need RPS fully funded so they can get back into these brand new schools that they have waiting for them to reenter. Mm. Yeah. Would have left a little earlier on the 10 month calendar, but unfortunately, that's not the way that cookie crumbled, is it? Nope, (laughs) but that's okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. there. We're going to figure it out. We'll get there. We'll get there. And (laughs) as per usual, I know it, you know it, we all know it together, but we're working on it. Richmond is most certainly still racist, but we're working on it one day at a time. Thank you, listeners, for joining us, and we will talk to you next 